Cold open it. Yeah, I have a really good opening. I know. Okay. You've said. I was feeling inspired, very emotional, and like very present. And I was listening to one song on the bus. And I could put, I could give you at least 100 tries and a gun to your head and you still would take the bullet. Uh, Yeah, for sure. And it's a song you love. You would never guess it in a million years. Like, like a, like as a song, it's probably it's definitely top twenty for you all time. Maybe top ten. Damn. Yeah. Here's gonna be the real test. Do you know my music tastes like that? Are no, you no, correct? No, no, it is. It is. I don't. I I have a feeling. I have a good feeling. It's top twenty all time. But I don't know. Five oh five by the Arctic Monkeys. No, but I was listening on the same album. That's um, so good. You and what's the one so song? It's like. Dun, dun. I can't show you, but I was listening to that to the album, like right that before album. the song. Yeah, such a good album. That fucking album is better than AM, in my opinion. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't fight you on that. AM's great. Yeah, they're neck and neck, but I that album like makes me cry like a bitch. Yeah, they're listen. Everybody they were, slept on the new album. Do you want to know the song? You, yeah, you what love was the Arctic song? Monkeys. What was the song? Rocket Man. Oh, bitch! <laughs> I would have never guessed, but I do love that song. I fucking. Dude, the older yeah. I get, growth and maturity is realizing Elton John is better and better the older you get. Oh, he's Holy he was fuck. always good, baby. When yeah. you go through, he has a couple of like albums that are retrospectives of his entire yeah. discography. And if you just run through them, you're like, man, never missed. I hate you. Man, you never missed. Top 10, though, all time? I, I was saying I hate you to the light for anybody not, not watching album. the video because it went out again. It likes to do this to us. What I say, Elton John is top ten. Not not artist, but that song is top ten favorite songs all time. I know it's got to be top twenty because you love that song. Top twenty for sure. I don't know if it would make top ten. Yeah, but Elton John is easily top twenty artist of all time. Right. Like I I know you love. No question. He holy shit! That song in particular. What do you know about Goodbye Yellow Brick Road? My mom blared that as a kid. I was going to say, you want to really like deep something? Listen to that on your bus home after this. Like sit. We'll we'll go to blows. It's a laser printer. Sit with that and like actually listen to the lyrics. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Brother. Yeah, it's great. It's a very well-known song, but like. I think it just turns into background noise at some point because it's been around for so long and people are like, oh my God. Yeah. Elton. But then if you listen to the lyrics, you're like, wow, this uh, man was going through it. That's the weird thing about his music. It's like Rocket Man. You're like, oh, this is such a fun. Like, I guess he classifies it a pop song as a kid just because you're a kid, right? Like, I've heard, I've heard that song a million times. Yeah. My mom loves Elton John and like Lionel Richie and like that kind of era of like male musicians. Um, but holy shit, Rocket Man is like makes me cry. It's yeah, so weird. Man. I don't know how to explain why that makes me cry. It's a really emotional song. Oh, it's so fucking good. It's really good. He's got great music. I love Elton John. I also love the Arctic Monkeys. I love Muhammad Ali. All right. How about you? Do you like Muhammad Ali? I'm I'm totally ambivalent. 
I have no dog in any boxing fight at all. I have a really, oops, I have a really good Will Smith story that uh, one of my, about this movie, Will Smith doing the press tour for this movie that I can't say, I'm sorry, I can't say, I'll tell you off air, but my friend shot, I can't say, my friend shot photos of Will Smith during this press junket for a certain huge publication. It's it's a totally like, I would never, it's like, it's not like a, the most entertaining story. But it is interesting. I'll tell you. Okay. There. But every time I see Ali, I always it's think It's not about, salacious. Like, You're just like, I'm yeah. not taking up air time with this. And by friend, it was like somebody I worked. He's not somebody I worked with. But yeah. Okay. I get your thing. Yeah. Can't wait to hear it. Michael Sorry Ma- you all don't get to. Michael Mann's E.T. No. Michael Mann's Spe- Ali. Steven Spielberg's Ali. Ali. For sure. It's number two of the Michael Mann run. We're watching Ali starring... Will Smith. Will Smith. And Jada. Yeah. He's also in it. There's a whole bunch of people in this. You love two and a half plus hour movies. I don't. We're on a run. I really enjoy Michael Mann, but this is a an unfortunate trend. How does that make you feel? I'm not happy about it. I'm not overtly mad about it either. I think with a... Have you seen this? No. Oh, I really? I think so. I feel like this is a movie your dad would make you watch when you were a kid. Probably, but I think it came out... What like when we were kids, yeah. kid kids, yeah. and I was not sitting down for a two and a half hour movie about boxing. That was not going to be me. Well, I'll save it because I haven't seen it in a long time. But this movie is just so like Heat is like okay, it's long, but like like we talked about last week, it's long, but like it's good. You get it, yeah. yeah. You can't. I mean, like it's kind of you could argue that, it, like you said, like what would you cut from it? Mm-hmm. This movie, I mean, I'll have to talk more about that on the rewatch, but. I also think it's really hard, like, is it biopics or biopics? It's biopics, right? I say biopic. Whoever says biopic is like, did not play with bionics enough as a kid. Oh, throw it back to the bionics. I know your brother played with bionics. Yeah, brother. I bet he did. Oh, yeah, baby. Same I just, era. Bionics will always be tied to All-American Rejects for me because of that one commercial they had that used that, and I can't remember even the song that they used, but it was an Amer- All-American Rejects song. That is like one singular piece of media that we could describe our child- childhood with, with, like out of like context. The, that Bionics commercial. Dude, Why? How, how about All-American Rejects? You know the guy that cuts my hair no. was in the lead singer's wedding? He's like best friends with him? No. Yeah. What a random... He's like a really good family friend. Not third that, degree not, of separation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would have never known that. Other random thing I think about with all American rejects. Anyways. Anyway, I think that's the hard thing with biopics is you're trying to tell someone's life story in a yeah. very short period of time. And it can be really easy to get wrapped up in like all of the details that feel super important to helping you understand who this person is. And then like, oh, suddenly it's a four hour movie and like nobody's going to watch that. So you have to pick and choose what you're telling, which is why bringing it all the way back around. I think Rocket Man is one of the best biopics I've ever seen because yeah. it plays with who like at the core who Elton John is. But it tells you like a pretty specific window of his life. Mm. You get a little bit of glimpse into his childhood, but it's really just like how he rose to fame and what that did to him. Yeah. 
and then obviously it's a musical because you're talking about somebody who's a pop artist rock artist and yeah but it i just think it does it so well you you're a slut for rocket man i saw that movie like six times in theaters yeah seriously yeah it's like liberty with little women she kept taking people to go see it she's oh. like come on let's go see it again she saw it five times in theaters yeah, girl yeah based love that that's gonna be us with the barbie movie be me with the killers of the flower moon it's like come on we're going <laughs> just taking everybody new scorsese just dropped uh, just yeah clockwork oranging it into my eyeballs my god um isn't that gonna be like three hours too you know what's funny and i'm so i'm i'm like you with the i'm i'm a little less but the older we get i'm yeah. i do agree with a lot with you the three-hour movie like i don't think all of them should be outruled wait, wait but a minute wait a minute wait a minute you kind of agree with me now on this yeah because we were hard-lined against each other on this one for a long time what can i say something sure I'm not going to say anything. My argument, mm-hmm. and I'll take the fault for this if I didn't articulate because I'm sure I didn't. And I also just wanted to pick with pick a bone with you. Yeah, it's fun. My argument has always been, your argument's always been it's completely unnecessary. Mine has been yes, but there are some exceptions. There are few exceptions. And I like an epic. But you and me are like, like okay, anything yeah, between – 215 and 3 is the stupidest length for movies and everybody makes their movie that length today. It's yeah. like it's not necessary. If you're going to go big, my thing is if you're going to go big, go big and swing. Hit 3 and then maybe like honestly 5% of the time like I don't like it's a mad 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 world how many many mads are in there. Like have you seen that one? That's Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, we talked movie. about it. Yeah. I don't like it. But I'm also like I like that it's that long. Because I don't think you can get what you're trying to say out of the movie without it being at that big of a scope. It's, yeah. It's like a – to me, yeah. it's like an aspect ratio thing, runtime. And my my beef with it is that it just hardly ever yeah. feels like you actually tell enough of a story to warrant that runtime. I'm not going to – I want to mention this before we were up, but okay. I, as far as biopics go, my scenes of biopics, I think they're all fucking stupid. Ooh. Except for okay, okay, like Rocket Man honestly is the exception to this, and I think this is why you like it. What I'm about to say, you will, you have to agree. If you don't agree with me on this, the, the, it's going to be an ugly a lot of th- conversation. Like, biopics today. when the people are still alive and obviously have control over their narrative. Why make the fucking movie? Because okay, for example, I like Michael Jordan. Let's get that on the podcast. Let's get that on the mic. I think it's down in writing. I Blake think, likes Michael Jordan. I'm gonna have a big okay. statement. I think he's a good basketball player. Sue me. Wow, controversial. But did you see you remember the last dance? The documentary series yeah, that I was didn't really big during it. COVID. Right, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like I was the only person, and I love that documentary series. And the same thing with like Air, the new Ben Affleck movie. Mm-hmm. This guy, like is portraying himself as God. Like, because he has control over, and he should have control over his life story. Yeah, I mean, he's here I just to tell think it. It's, I just think it's weird when the person's still alive. Because obviously the person's not going to want to show their sins with their good qualities. But that's what a biopic honestly should be. I mean, Elton John showed kind of it all. I, I think was going to say. That's why like, that movie's really good, because yeah. you saw all of it. But yeah. with, like, there's, like, the Michael Jordan stuff. Like, it's, it's a brand thing. Like, his... Well, yeah, absolutely. And it's not just Michael Jordan. I'm not trying to say it hits him. It's everybody. So I think 
in addition to what you said, I totally agree with trying to condense a life into a runtime. And when people are still alive, I'm like, I wouldn't make a movie about people that are living today. I don't know if I agree with the while they're still alive point, but I do agree that like when you have a biopic that falls into the category of just somebody talking about themselves to make themselves look good to like drum up interest in themselves, which I also don't really think that's what Michael Jordan's doing, but that's neither here nor there. I, it does feel a little like, okay, who did you make this for? Like to me, and I don't even know if you would count this as a biopic as much as it was like a documentary about her life. And where do you draw the line between those two things? Whatever. Biopics are inherently, in my opinion, dramatized to tell a cohesive three-act story. Mm -hmm. Documentaries obviously are not. But like the Casey Anthony doc that came out. Yeah. Whatever it was last year that I I didn't watch and I have no intention of ever watching. Mm -hmm. I'm like, maybe you don't get to control your narrative. You know, not in that instance. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think we need to be giving you a platform. I don't want to hear about what happened to you. Yeah. Good. Yeah. But when it's somebody who's famous and who's done a lot and wants to like look back at all the things that they've done. Yeah, sure. Why not? It's like, it's like a memoir or a biography. It's just the film version of that. I have a lot of feelings about it, but I don't want to keep segueing us. Um, What are we drinking? Yeah, what are we drinking? That's what I want to get to. That's a great question. Last week was sweet heat. This week is... Stings like a bee. Is it really? It is. I was going to make some shitty joke. It's actually great. What's in it? Lavender honey syrup, lemon juice, and gin. It's very simple. Oh, it is very simple. Yeah, it's kind of like a French 75. Ish. Ish. You know I love a French 75. Girl, don't we all? (laughs) Well, you can't go wrong. That sounds delightful today. Uh, Should we go drink? I think we should. Roll tape. Bye. Back at it again. You got me nice and loose on this one. Yeah, that was the point. Those drinks got me a little... Can you tell by my eyelids? A little bit. Yeah. The gin is hitting. <laughs> Not the Jack Nicholson eyebrows. God. Everybody knows I'm Jack Nicholson. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, two, two and a half. Yeah. I'm going to start doing halves. Or stop That's doing halves. That's fine. I was going to say, you can keep doing like them. Halves. Nah, live your, live your half life. Um, half life by Joe? Half life. Yeah. Anyway. God, what a good song. I love that album. Not a fan. Main problem with Ali, 2001, Michael Mann, Will Smith, and Brad Pitt. What's the main issue? Ah, yes. My favorite character in this movie, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He plays George Foreman. Naturally. Biggest issue is... My... Oh. The overwhelming misogyny? You know what? No, because that feels true to... You. Yes. <laughs> the fuck? No. Please leave a tip. My jokes are not for free. Okay, yes. Anyways. <laughs> they better be free. I ain't paying for them. I'll, I'll bleep like all of it out. I'm in debt by now for my jokes. 
Okay. Okay. And I, outside misogyny, biggest beef is. My biggest beef is that it feels like if you tried to make a biopic after just reading a Wikipedia article. Like if you just went through mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali's early life, early career, late career, post career, and we're like, I'm going to make a movie just on this and no additional information, yeah. you would get this movie. Yeah. There is so, for a two hour, 40 minute runtime, an astonishing lack of depth into who he was as a person. And that's my biggest beef with it. Very well put. I was going to say pretty much the exact same thing which you said, which was mine was just going to be coherency. It, it doesn't feel yeah. coherent. It feels really frenetic. Yeah, I think he which, wrote this too, right? Michael Mann? He was one of the writers on it. There yeah. was a pretty big writing team on this one. Yeah. Which, I don't know. Neither here nor there. I do have a question for you, an actual serious question. Yeah. Because obviously we try to, well, I don't know if we try to, but we don't really talk about like the political and racial ramifications of cinema on this podcast. Yeah, because I don't feel like I'm qualified to speak on it, but yeah. But well, I mean, yeah, but we all, but like in the grand scheme of things, we do talk about that in personal conversations. Sure. You said early on, you're like, this is interesting that Michael Mann directed an Ollie biopic. Yeah. Well, how do you it's feel also about that? written entirely by white men. So how do you feel about that? I don't know. Well, I... let me ask you this. How do you feel about a white person directing a person of color's story? I mean, from what I could find, at least, Muhammad Ali was involved in the making of this. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if they're fine with it, but nah, what do I care? Like, that's it's your decision. It's your story. You trust it to the person that you think is equipped to tell it, right? Because mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. They did at one point talk to, I think, Spike Lee about directing this. And Will Smith was like, I don't think it's going to work. No. But I they don't probably would have had the I same problem that been... they had with Michael Mann. I think Spike Lee would have had Spike. In, in my, in my opinion, Spike Lee's like worst draw on his films that he directs is also coherency. I disagree entirely. This is not a Spike Lee episode, so we're not going to get into that argument. You're wrong, I'm right. I disagree it's okay. entirely. It's okay. We should do a Spike Lee run. Yeah. No, right. I don't think that about. All I'm scheming his us to get there now. I do think that about Black Klansman. We would oh, we will go to blows over that context. movie. One of her favorite movies is Black Klansman. Not even in terms of like the year it came out, but just in general. In general, yeah, we see we do not see eye to eye about Black Klansman. Which I'm is gonna funny find a we way saw it for the first time together. Together, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna find a way to. Well, we were out of our minds too. We were not sober during that, anyways. No, but I saw it like four times after that. So yeah, you did see it. A lot. I saw it a lot. Yeah, I haven't rewatched it recently, so it would be interesting to rewatch that one. I, I think I'm gonna find a way to get us there. You like that movie? Okay, sorry. Yeah, that's Michael not the movie Mann's we were talking about. Wizard of Oz. Oh my god! I don't think that's the joke to make on this episode. Michael Mann Speed Racer. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's another movie that actually I think we are gonna do Speed Racer. Thank fucking yeah. Christ. I think that's already in the cards. I love that. Because I love that movie too, but that's a whole separate deal. Um, 
you have ASMR in the background. I've said I'm, I apologize. This is the beauty of upstairs neighbors. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think Will Smith g- gives a great performance in this. I don't even really have issues with like the technicalities of it. I think it's really well shot. I think it's it's small and intimate when it needs to be, and it's big and boisterous when it needs to be. There's just a lack of cohesion, like you said, that is yeah. really like you don't watch him grow in any way, shape, or form in this movie. And I find that shocking considering the journey that he went on. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't bother me so much because my outlook on life is that people all, people do grow and people do change. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you always kind of are who you are. Um, yeah, but... I, and I think we're so obsessed with story format that the hero has to have a very discernible arc. Because I feel like he does... To push back on it, I feel like he does change. But the thing about Ali, about what makes him great, at least this is my draw from the movie, is that like... They're trying to paint this portrait of a guy that's like, he's so good because he's so stubborn and he's so, like you said last week, he's in an immovable force mm-hmm. or an immovable object rather. Yeah. And he will just fucking plant his feet in the ground. And doing it on some areas made him great. Like, in my yeah. opinion, I think you'd agree, like not going to Vietnam. Like he gave up the prime years of his life to not go to Vietnam. But yeah. the ways he tra- treated the women in his life, not so fucking great. Uh, yeah. 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 I think for me, it's it's less that like, oh, he doesn't have like a character arc. You know, you're talking about a real person. You can't always go into a biopic expecting that. It's that there's so little introspection from him mm-hmm. that it, it just feels like you're watching a highlight reel of his life. Yeah. It's like, here are the greatest clips of things that happened to him. And that is, that's the core of it to me. It feels like we're watching things happen to him. And there is so little exploration of how he felt, why he made the decisions he made. Like, there's really, especially with the Vietnam segment. Yeah, it's lost by the wayside very quickly. Very quickly. There's no real, you know, I've already said this like six times, but there's no exploration of... What, how he came to that decision, why he was so dug in about it, and then losing six years of his career. Like, how did he feel about that? Was he okay with it? Did he view it as a sacrifice for standing up for what he believed in? Mm-hmm. Was he resentful? Like, there's no there's no answer to any of those questions. Yeah. Things just keep happening, and he just keeps showing up. And you're like, Okay, but how do you feel about this? Like, I, I, if I wanted to know what happened in your life, I could go read about it. Yeah. The whole point of doing a biopic is to explore the emotions of those situations. Yeah. With that, that it's person. very episodic. It's not. There's not a hero's journey here. Yeah. It's like episode after episode. It's just like a little story. Also, I, I get why they included the women that were in his life, because you know. It was a big part of his life. Yeah. <laughs> Neighbors. It was a big part of his life. And it 
they mattered, right? Yeah. But they do so little with them beyond like set up, knock down, set up, knock down that you're like, I would have rather you just not included them. I would have rather have seen no women than to watch women do as little as they did. So you don't like it because you feel like it's a very it added nothing. Yeah, it just added a dimension to his character. I think the only reason I didn't it didn't bother me because I totally agree with that. But the only reason it didn't bother me, and I already told you this when we were watching the movie, but like, if you haven't seen this movie. And we said this during the intro that a lot of biopics, a lot of reasons why I don't like biopics is because it's like, oh, the person's a hero. You don't look at the person's flaws. Yeah. It was nice to know that they didn't shy away from like how he treated women. I think it's important to show somebody that like if they didn't have that, it's very easy that some people would not that we would, but like I think most people would just be like, oh, Muhammad Ali's a god. Most people still think that, but it was humanizing to see like. This guy also had – his flaws were as big as his wins and, like, his strengths. You know what I mean? It was very humanizing. But I do agree that, like, if you're going to do that, explore a little bit more about the domestic life because they would – it was like they were about to and you would almost dive in and then it was pulled away. Yeah. And this is – this goes back to my general critique of all movies that end up clocking two and a half, 240. Yeah. You're doing so much that you end up doing nothing because yeah. you don't There's take no the time. There's a lapse of focus. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're just trying to get as much in there. And then it's like, okay, well, you have all of these things, but you've not explored them mm-hmm. or engaged with them on any level that is meaningful to your audience. Yeah. It's just – here's this and here's this and here's this and here's this. And it's like, okay, I don't care. At some point, I just don't care. It's also watching this movie, something I didn't say when we were watching it was, I kept thinking to myself, we're probably not going to get... Interesting. Fuck if I know, man. People are like, we, we probably won't get like the star vehicle movie anymore we're going down a road where i disagree entirely we do we're getting a fred astaire biopic with tom holland we do but media and movies overall are becoming way more boutique driven like it's not the five major studios that are building out movies and tent poles and mid movies and low budget movies around their stars at varying levels. It's more of, we, we still have that, but the middle class of that has been clearly gutted more as towards, it has everywhere more towards. Yeah. More towards mm-hmm. television and a lot of like stuff that we watch today doesn't seem as star driven as it did in the two thousands and the nineties and the eighties and the seventies. Yeah. We're getting a little bit away. I'm not saying it's extinct. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we're getting more and more away from it. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I don't entirely disagree. I think that we are seeing, you know, with movie stars, the same thing that we're seeing everywhere, which is, and you put it really well, like the boutiqueification of things mm-hmm. where when you have so many subsets of the internet that you can be a part of, you can curate each your little, experience. yeah. Yeah. They probably heard that, but uh, 
Sounds like a dog is above us. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I do... A part of me as a director likes that not everything is so driven by like one or two cast members being in your movie. That is nice because we have mm-hmm. more of a focus on story. That being said, like as somebody that just loves cinema, almost up until the 2010s, like everything was star driven from the very inception. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The majority at least. I mean – but yeah. even like, I don't know, I think it started to die out then because I i don't remember ever as a kid being like, oh, this star is in it. So I really need to go see it. It started dying out when we were kids. I yeah. do remember like, as I'm sure you remember when we were little kids, like Blockbuster being really big. Oh, and that, yeah, was, maybe. that was very star driven. I mean, like our parents are the generation that are very. Yeah, but it's I think you still decision. see that with streamers. Like Blockbuster would organize things by artists. You'd have your little end cap that yeah. was like, look at all of this artist's work. You still have the same thing with streamers. Yeah, but it's more, again, back to the boutique boutique stuff. Like the things that are really big now are mainly TV. And yeah. TV stars are not like movie stars. Like you don't think of Jeremy Strong like you would have thought of like, I don't know, like a Brad Pitt. But Jeremy Strong is like such – his work is yeah. so much in the public domain right now because of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. It's like, well, yeah. I think it's it's inherently different because TV comes to you, yeah. whereas movies have always asked like they come to you now, but they have always asked you to go to them. Yes. And so like, if you're gonna get somebody out of their house, it needs to be a star. Whereas, I could like somebody in a very just midway. But if they're already in my living room, yeah, sure, I'll watch Isn't it. Whatever, I don't care. How that works. What I do think is interesting. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Is like when TV started, mm-hmm. it was kind of a joke medium, and it was like, well, you're not a serious actor. You're on TV, and we're definitely seeing that flip now, where it's like the serious actors are doing TV, and you have a lot of schlock in the film world. Yeah, which I find fascinating. I think it'll flip back in the sense that... I think everything always does. Yeah, it always does. And I think it'll flip back, but there will be a new version of it. I think when you and I and like our peers are in our 40s and middle age, I think, just because everything goes in circles, mm-hmm. I think we'll go back to movies, but movies will look much different. Very. I also think it's interesting when you look at like the, you know quote-unquote i say quote-unquote serious anything because it's like to to act at all even in a shitty schlocky anything Mm -hmm. is really hard and very competitive so it's like to classify people as serious actors versus not serious actors i think is silly but for argument's sake here serious actors who are primarily doing movies are all slowly going back to theater like you hear about all of these plays that are being mounted right now with famous actors who haven't done a movie in a couple of years or even just a year. And you're like, oh, where have they been? Like they're back on stage. Yeah. They're all kind of sick of whatever is going on. I think it would be so much fun if we brought our generation brought movies back in a big way. I think we will. I think people our age are. I mean, people our age 
because acting is a younger medium than like or younger medium well, is a younger always. is a younger yeah. run game than directing and producing and other stuff. Um, we already have like like you said, Tom Holland, obviously Chalamet, um, Florence Pugh. People on our age are really hitting with uh, with like acting in mm-hmm. a big way for film. It's crazy to me that Florence Pugh is our age. Or she's like a year Dude, older. Dude, I know. Older. She's killing it. Don't we all? No one is free from the Florence you Pugh crush. You got a crush on Timmy? No, I was never a Timmy girl. I, re- I think he's a phenomenal actor. I like him when I, I see him in things. Man. Yeah, I guess so. He's like, not at all my type. You're like a thick man. I do. You're like a John Bernthal. I do. Like a I like boy. a Taron Edgerton. I like a... Yeah. Stout. Yeah. Stout boy. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. I respect the girlies that are going for the sickly Victorian vibe, but it ain't me. What type of actress do you think I'd be into in terms of like, you have John Bernthal, who would be my John Bernthal? Florence Pugh. Well, give me, give me something. Give me. Amelia a, Clark. Give me a little, a new, <laughs> what do you think? But you say that like you aren't obsessed with both of those women. Come on. Don't lie to the people. Uh, mm-hmm. Cinema. Kim Novak's Ollie. I hate you. Yeah, I just, you know. I watched uh, this thing that Robert Rodriguez, he had the this reoccurring series on his LRA network called The Director's Chair where he would sit down different directors. He mm-hmm. has one on Guillermo that I should send you. You would Ooh, love it. I would love that. And Thank he like you. goes through their career. Sure. And it's really interesting. And I watched the Michael Mann one today in preparation for this. Oh, look at you doing your homework. I know. Are you proud of me? I am. I look at the Trello board. I do my little homework. I edit. We're so far ahead right now on the schedule. I know. I'm so proud of us. Does that make you happy? It does. (laughs) Kate likes to be. Ahead of the game. If Kate could be a year ahead. I would be. Listen, we're not talking about anything topical here. So what does it matter? We're talking about movies that are almost as old as us. Sometimes significantly older. Uh, yeah. Gilda Radner. You watched. Ali. Um, yeah, I watch. I don't know where I was going. I'm drunk. I don't know where I was going with this. I, I watch the, the direction share with Michael Mann. It's, just, uh-huh. it's very interesting. He is a guy that definitely seems like, like the thing that I would always hear about Michael Mann in terms of like trivia is that he does so many fucking takes. And I wonder with these guys, especially that generation that did all those takes, they feel like their movies need to be that long. Like they don't, I mean, not that they're using multiple takes over and over again, but like if you're in the mindset of keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting, I would think that you would be like that in the edit too. Like, oh, let's add more, add more, add more. Yeah, I would get that. I'm. Which I, you know. I'm not a director, so I can't speak to like whether or not it's worth it to do all that. I'll speak to myself. I say do as little as fucking possible. You're going the Clint Eastwood route. I've always been that. I mean, I don't know if I do like two takes, but like I've always been that way. Why the fuck are we doing eight takes a shot or setup rather? Why? I, I don't unless you're like fucking up. But if, I feel like if you're doing enough work. 
I don't know. Everybody's different. I, I shouldn't talk shit. We're all different. I was going to say, I don't know. I think there's probably merit to all of it. Yeah. And and really, at the end of the day, it just comes down to whether or not you have a beat on the story you're telling. Like, if you feel the need, yes. you know, obviously, when we start talking about the take conversation, like Kubrick is always going to come up just for the prolific number of takes that he did. Yeah. And it's like, it, but the man always had a beat on story. He might not be my favorite director, but he always had a beat on the story that he was telling. So it it really just depends on what your methodology is for telling the story you showed up to tell. Yeah. As a producer, so, as few takes as possible. Well, so much. But. I don't know. I think so much directing is all the work you do beforehand. Yeah. I Again, I'm not a director. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. I wouldn't. I would not presume to speak to it. William Shakespeare's Ali. Yeah, for sure. So you definitely like Heat more than this movie. Definitely. Yeah. I like Michael Mann as a director. I think this is well directed. It's just I don't get what the point of it was. I don't know if I would say it's well directed. I love oh. him as a director, though. I love him as a director. So I, you know. I just think this is a miss. Yeah. I just think it's hard. I think biopics, like biopics and adaptations are hard. It's really hard to take something that exists in the real world mm -hmm. and put it into a movie. Yeah. I, there's Again. a reason that we play in this fictional space. You know, it's a lot easier to just it's a lot change easier. the story to well, make it easier for yeah, you to tell. Yeah, you're making a narrative. It's... And it's like if you're working with real, you know real content that either exists or a real person's life you can't take liberties like that yeah so hard this, this was a miss for me i know because i feel like we've this really did nothing for us especially no. as it went on and on and yeah. on and on there's never any really highlights for us to talk about here no and, and like will smith gives a great performance but i just i I have already said it, but I was just shocked at the lack of amount of work for him to do. It was very, it was cyclical. Yeah. Domestic dispute, fight with family and friends, management team, fight in the ring. Yeah. And then on and on and on. Which, Which the, the I don't fight know. sequences did nothing for me. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. We're also a little spoiled because, you know, in the last like five 10 years we've had some really phenomenal fight sequences that yeah. you know so now our like level of what a fight sequence should be is heavily skewed mm -hmm. because we know what it can look like and so it's like when you see it just kind of in a one camera watching the fight lens you're like okay i mean this is fine but it's yeah. it's nothing extraordinary well also I don't know the the inner the video interstitials were very. On one hand, with Michael Mann, he had so much experimentation and play with video and new digital video capture within the like two thousand two thousand nine. Mm -hmm. You see that in his movies he made during that period, mm -hmm. and I think that's awesome. And in some movies it works. Public Enemy, have you seen Public Enemy? Yes. Does not work in that. Nope. Collateral, I think it does, mm -hmm. but. So I think that's great. But also just like as a viewer, on the other hand. If it doesn't serve a purpose, I don't care. It's so off-putting. And in this, we only really ever see it in like 
a handful of moments and almost all of them are intimate moments with the women that he's with. And the fighting too, like there would be just some random, like almost snorry cam action, like it's over the shoulder, he's hitting somebody or it's over his shoulder, he's hitting somebody. Yeah. yeah. You were just spoiled, you know, we're, we're spoiled for where we're at, especially for action. It's like, it's not going to hold up. Unless you have a killer story to go with it, mm-hmm. it doesn't hold up. We've yeah, seen too much pretty... cool shit now, which I'm not complaining about, but it does make watching movies back really interesting because you're like, wow. Yeah, that's true. Like, I remember when, and now I'm not going to be able to remember the name of it, Ryan Coogler directed. Charade. Ah, yes, of course. Black Panther. Charade. Fruitvale Station, Black Panther, Creed. You son of a bitch. Thank you. Yeah. Creed. Um, somebody has custody of the kids this week. When Ryan Coogler directed Creed, that was the first time that we really got to see like innovative camera work in a boxing ring. Yeah. And it's, it's so cool. I'm not even that big of a Creed fan, but those sequences are so cool. Yeah. But now it's, you know, if it's not Rocky, it's going to have a hard time holding up. And Rocky, you only really care about because the heart of the story is there. There's also only so much you can do. It's a, it's a square ring. We've seen it done so many times before. How many times can you reinvent the wheel? Yeah. It's hard to get coverage of that in an exciting new way. Yeah. So. That's all Lee. We were underwhelmed. I love everybody involved. Still really excited for our next couple of Michael Mann hits. But are you really excited for my theater recommendation? I'm over the moon about your theater recommendation. What are you recommending? Let's find out. Give it to us. <laughs> and we're back we're gonna go a little quick because kate's neighbors are noisy um can you guess what we're doing i think i can guess facets that was really good we are doing facets which is an independent movie theater in like west area like the westish area of lincoln park is that lincoln park yeah lakeview lakeview yeah it's in lakeview um reading off the website it was established in 1975 you can experience the edge of cinema there you Mm -hmm. go uh facets expands perspectives and affirms a shared humanity through inclusive engagement with film that's kind of their mission statement uh well actually never mind this is their mission statement there you go. It's to create a cinematic experience for youth and adults that foster vital conversations and community action through film exhibitions, media education, and film resources. We have gone to facets. We have. We saw a Paul Schrader movie there. We did. Uh, fun little fact. Uh-huh. I was the first person to walk in the theater, and it was so fucking dark. And, like, it was so dark in there. It was pitch black. I couldn't see anything. Yeah. And I had to turn on my like flashlight. And even in the process of doing so, I tripped over my feet and like stairs three times. I don't know You're really that. selling it. Yeah. 
It's a fun little time. It's a good movie theater. They it also is. you can rent DVDs and VHS and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I really like facets. I love a good dark theater. I don't want it to be I don't want to see shit. Yeah. I'm there to watch the movie. It's real independent. It's very yeah. it's a slim theater. Mm-hmm. It's a slim boy. Mm-hmm. Single yeah. screen. Single screener. But they're always doing something fun. They are. And like I I don't know. I really appreciate it when theaters what are the words that i'm looking for here let's see if the gin will allow me to find when them. they go crazy in the club oh my god yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say no i the appreciate it when a theater You know, when you have like the emotion and yeah. you can feel it and you're like, I don't know what the words are for this though. Me with That's where I'm at. in my life. Yes. That's where I'm at. Yeah. The gin's got me a little, little stuck You appreciate today. a theater in sense. Period. End of sentence. Yes. I do appreciate a theater. She appreciates a theater. Folks. And I appreciate facets. Facets is great. Uh, mm-hmm. Reasonably priced tickets. Again, DVD rental up front. I think you can also get alcohol there too. Like they do a little... Yeah, I think so. Section. They've yeah. got a nice little concession. The people that work there are super nice. Super They're sweet. lovely. Good concessions. Yeah. Honestly, good concessions. Some theaters are not, but they're solid. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in kind of like an office space. but Yeah, it's a little off-putting, but it's... I like it. Once you get in there, it's great. Yeah. Like, they've done a really nice job of making the space work for them. We've been to movie theaters where the space is horrible. And it doesn't work. Do you know what I'm thinking of? I think I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Say it when we're off air. Yep. Okay. We don't trash theaters on this podcast no no and it's not happening we, we today would never we don't that just in private conversation yeah <laughs> facets a good movie theater good movie theater. a fun movie theater yeah. a dark movie theater yes on that note i think it's, it's time to go to all right yeah we'll see you next week bye bye thank you for listening to breweries if you liked what you heard you can subscribe to us on spotify and apple podcasts And if you didn't, feel free to argue with us in the comments of our social media on Instagram at Groovies underscore show. And next week we're watching Thief.